Welcome to Think Bible, the podcast that exists to challenge, edify, and encourage Christian women to think and live biblically, all for the glory of God. I'm your host, Stephanie Smith. Welcome, friends, to the Think Bible podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Smith, and today's podcast is actually a recording of a talk that I gave at a ladies' luncheon just a short time ago on December 3rd. Um, That was held at Mary's Vale Baptist Church, which is now um, our new home is in Mary's Vale, so that was exciting to get to share with those ladies. And we had 10 ladies from the community join us that are not regular church attenders um, at that church. So that was a real blessing to me and hopefully to them. So I hope that this um, talk, this message will be an encouragement to your hearts today as we consider the theme of Christmas at home. So Christmas at home, that's our theme for this week, this uh, day together. And... I told you that we've been 20 years without a home, but that's not the way I grew up. My husband grew up in a missionary church planter's home. They moved every year or two for all of his life. I lived in the same house for all of my life until I got married. And it happened to be my grandparents' home in Indiana. Um, And my grandma was a master homemaker. Everything about Christmas was perfect in that home. She had the most beautiful tree. And now, I will say, this was the 70s and 80s, right? We had tinsel, (laughs) really interesting tinsel. But it was the style then, and it was beautiful. And the beautiful um, red and gold balls on the tree. She had a decorative um, mistletoe. It was all beaded and gilded. And she always hung it in the same place in the house so that whenever my grandpa stood up out of his easy chair, he was under the mistletoe. She figured that out pretty quick. And she had um, a Dickens village up over the mantle with lights in each of the houses and fake snow underneath it, you know. But her home was beautiful at Christmas time. And then, on top of all that, she was an excellent cook. And so she would make the homemade rolls that smelled so good and the homemade pies. And if you're not from the Midwest, you won't know what this is, but she made noodles. This is not spaghetti. This is not pasta. This is like an egg noodle. And she made them from scratch by hand. And the, the county knew my grandma for her noodles. And she would boil them in this chicken broth that would get very rich. And oh, she was such a cook. <laughs> and our Christmas meals were always wonderful. They had a fireplace as I mentioned so they would always have a fire in the fireplace at Christmas and of course we would pray for snow we didn't always get it but a lot of years we did and that just made it extra special and then the family would start arriving on Christmas day all the cousins all the aunts and uncles and there was a crew of us but it was such a special time that's how I grew up thinking of Christmas Let me read to you something that I saw on Facebook. Actually, just yesterday, I'd already prepared this whole lesson, but this is a perfect example of it. This is from my friend Lauren, whose husband is in the military. She says, this has been a weird year. Two moves in four months, deployment, grief, leaving a place we loved, 
returning to the place of our roots, but in a different way. I'm sitting in a house full of boxes, thinking to myself that my family won't be together at Christmas. I don't have any kind of plan for Christmas cards or gifts. The people I love are literally scattered around the world, and I don't even have a clue where my Christmas decorations are. Hmm. What if your Christmas looks like that? Is it any less special? Does it lose its magic? What if Christmas comes and your house isn't decorated? The tree isn't up? What if God calls you to live in Africa or South America, where it's summertime at Christmas? There's no snow, <laughs> maybe sand. <laughs> what if your meal is a flop? What if you don't have money for presents? Just what is the true Christmas celebration all about? It's the incarnation of Jesus. That's a big word, incarnation. Have you heard that word before? It means becoming flesh, taking on flesh. Jesus is God who took on human flesh. Um, the Bible gives him the name Emmanuel, which means God with us. So we say that Christmas is about going home, right? being with our loved ones, whether physically or, you know, that famous song, I'll be home for Christmas, if only in my dreams. That's the epitome, we think. But the truth is, Christmas celebrates the fact that God left his home. He left his home at Christmas for you and for me. God actually sent his son away from heaven into the, the world that they created, where he experienced hunger and thirst, the gamut of human experiences and emotions, the temptation of sin, pain and suffering, and even death. Why did he do that? Did he have to do that? Certainly not. But he did it because he wanted to make a way for humans, that's us, to come back to him in fellowship and stay that way for all of eternity. God sent Jesus away from his home and Jesus willingly went to become Emmanuel, to be God with us. So let's talk about this. How did this happen? What, what are the details? So we know that God is a spirit. He is eternal, but he chose to humble himself and become that man on earth. Now the Bible has many names for Jesus. We've already mentioned Emmanuel. It calls him the way, the truth, and the life, the bread of life, the light of the world, the door, the good shepherd, the alpha and omega, wonderful counselor, mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace, Emmanuel. And then there's another place in John chapter one where it calls Jesus the word. Now we know Genesis 1-1 starts with the, the phrase, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. In the New Testament, John 1-1 starts this way, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And that word, this is down to verse 14, the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory the glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So that verse helps us understand and make the connection 
that Jesus is God. He was there when the world was created. He has existed since before time for all eternity, and he will exist for all eternity. He is God. Hebrews 1 also talks about this and gives us a little other or more insight. It says, God, who at sundry times and in divers manners, that just means in different places, different times, different ways, he spoke in time past unto the fathers by the prophets. Okay, we know those Old Testament prophets were delivering God's word. But in these last days, he has spoken unto us by his son, that word, Jesus, um, whom he has appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the world. So there it reminds us Jesus was part of creation. Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. Now those are some words that we don't use in today's vernacular, right? We don't talk about the express image of something. But the brightness of his glory means that Christ was a perfect reflection of the majesty of God. Everything about him, Jesus reflected clearly. And the express image, or that means the exact imprint or the perfect expression of God's character and his nature. Everything that God was, Jesus was. I should say everything that God is, Jesus is. So um, what, Jesus, what God is, Jesus is. What God does, Jesus does. What God says, Jesus says. And what God wants, Jesus wants. So Jesus left his place in heaven. He left that close one-on-one -on -one fellowship with his father. He left even his glory. Now that doesn't mean he gave it away or lost it, but he chose to set it aside as he came to earth and humbled himself as a human. 100% um, God, 100% man, something we cannot finitely understand, but we know from the word it is true. Why did he do that? was to show us his father and to die for the sins of the world. So Christmas becoming home, Christmas in our hearts is what is home. I'm not saying this clearly, <laughs> but when Jesus comes into our hearts, that's where he wants to make his home and we make our home in him. And the Bible tells us how we can do that. Back in the beginning of time, from that Genesis 1-1 point, God created Adam and Eve, the first two humans, perfect. They had no sin. They were in great fellowship with God. Everything between them was perfect. But you know the story. Adam and Eve chose to sin by eating the fruit from the tree that God told them they may not eat from. When they did that, God told them the consequences, the punishment for that was death. And death means separation. So they were separated from God. They did not have that fellowship any longer. They couldn't commune with him. They were afraid of him for the first time. And God says, because man made that choice, every one of their descendants now is born with that sin nature. We are all born sinners. If you've ever seen a toddler throw a temper tantrum, you don't question that, right? <laughs> it's very obvious that we are born sinners. Um, 
But Jesus, however, remember part of the miraculous Christmas story is how was Jesus born? Who was his mother? Mary, who was a virgin. Who was his father? We know the name Joseph, but Joseph was not Jesus's father. The Holy Spirit helped Mary to conceive. So Jesus did not have that sin nature in him as all other humans do. Therefore, he could become God's perfect uh, sacrifice to pay, to make atonement for our sins. And he did that when he died on the cross. He never sinned, he did not deserve to die, but that's what he did for us. And of course, you know the rest of the story, which comes at Easter time usually, he didn't stay dead. He was in that tomb until the third day when he rose again, victorious over sin and Satan and death forever. And that makes it possible for us to be victorious over sin and Satan and death forever. How do we do that? It's simply a matter of believing what God has taught us, this very gospel I've shared with you now, believing it and receiving it. So we repent of our sins, we accept Jesus' sacrifice on our behalf, and then we pursue a life of living with him. To make us his own, Jesus left heaven. He wanted to dwell with us. He wanted to make us his home and allow us to be at home in him. Now let me read to you the rest of that Facebook message from my friend Lauren. Remember we left her sitting in the pile of boxes feeling a little despair? <laughs> the very next phrase she wrote says, and yet Jesus is still Emmanuel. He still came and he pierced the darkness and he showed up with no bling and no decoration. He had a teenage mom and she didn't even have a room for him to stay in at his birth. For the first time ever this year for Lauren, that means so much. God provided for us just like he provided a stable for baby Jesus. We have precious new friends and old ones here who have stepped up for us and gave us somewhere to lay our head and helped us pack our belongings for a transition to our new home. You, like me, may be struggling to get out of bed some days. You may not have a clue how you're going to do Christmas. All we really have to do is receive the gift of Jesus. I'm going to try to remember why Christmas truly matters this year and then she wrote a little prayer. She said, Jesus, I would never have chosen the hard things of this year willingly, but thank you for reminding me what is important. So we talked just a minute about how Mary was the instrument or the tool that brought Jesus into this world physically. Um, I was listening to a, a, a recording of Elizabeth Elliot. Some of you probably know who that is. She was a missionary um, whose husband was killed by the Aka Indians back in, I believe, the 1950s, maybe 60s. Um, but she's had a tremendous ministry because of the suffering God put her through, and yet her faith has remained strong in him. And so the word that she used to describe Mary's um, role in Jesus' birth was the chalice. She was the cup that God used to bear Christ to the world. Her body was home to that Christ child for some nine months, and her home was his home 
for as long as he lived there, I don't know how long exactly, possibly as much as 30 years. Her heart was his home forever, though, and it still is. Um, but Mary had to be willing to go through some hard things, too, right? What happens when a girl is pregnant out of wedlock, especially in those days, right? The ridicule, the, the lack of reputation or the loss of reputation. But not just that, but she watched her son as he grew and he ministered and he suffered and he died. He was rejected. How could Mary go through those very hard, difficult things? Well, according to Elizabeth Elliot and according to God's word, I believe it's because she was surrendered to his will above her own. And this is the way Elizabeth said it, and it's so beautiful, I can't say it better. So <laughs> she says, Mary's was the purposeful emptiness of her heart in order that it might be more greatly filled with God's purposes. That's what we're all supposed to do, right? <laughs> Have a heart willing to be used by God. So is the incarnation just Jesus coming to earth? That's obviously the most important part of it, certainly. But there is an application for us today, too. Because God chooses to make his home within us. As Mary gave her body to be the chalice in which the life of God was formed and born, so we must bear Christ into the world around us. You remember the Christmas carol, or at least we sing it at Christmas time, Joy to the World, right? Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. And then what? Let every heart prepare him room. Let every heart make Christ at home. And heaven and nature sing. And we can sing with them. So just as Jesus, I'm sorry, just as God sent Jesus to the world through Mary, so he sends Jesus to the world through believers like you and I. Jesus is no longer visible on this earth, but you are. We reveal him to others just as much, perhaps more so, by what we are and what we do than by what we say. So we must make our lives his home and invite others to come in and observe it, um, to handle it, to test it, that they may also make Christ their heart Christ's home. That's not always easy, is it? That involves time and patience. Um, it causes us to have to deal with some unpleasant situations. It also tests our, our uh, I guess, our patience or our forbearance. Sometimes people are just annoying, right? <laughs> I mean, I know I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> We all are. We all rub each other a little bit, don't we? Um, but with Christ within us, we can deal with that patiently and show them Christ's love rather than our own impatience. So Jesus' sacrifice was great. He gave his life to make all of this possible. Mary's sacrifice was also a great sacrifice. And you and I are asked to make a sacrifice for God. In fact, John... 1 John 3.16 tells us plainly what God asks of us, and it says this, Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us. That's how we know 
God's love when we see the sacrifice he made. And the second part of the verse, we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Now, I don't think God is going to ask you to get on a cross like he did. I don't. But he may make, ask you to make some sacrifices. He may ask you to have someone in your home that's less than easy to deal with. He may ask you to be the patient one at work that always takes on the extra responsibility that everyone else shirks. He may ask you to be the responsible one. So here's the mystery of incarnation, that Jesus, when he comes to live with us, within us, shows himself to others through the things that we do and the way we act and the things we say. Everything we do is spiritual work. So if you're a new mama back there dealing with that little one, that is spiritual work. Changing those diapers is spiritual work. Uh, if you're a, a school-aged mama, getting them to all those practices, the soccer and the ballet and the piano and, 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 <laughs> that is spiritual work. If you're serving in the church nursery or teaching a Sunday school class, that is spiritual work. If you're bringing a meal to a family who has gone through a grief, a time of grief, or maybe had surgery or something, that is spiritual work. There is nothing we do that is not spiritual work when it's done to the Lord. So we make it acceptable to God by doing it with a joyful heart and the right attitude. But we also bear Christ into the world by sharing our spiritual lives with others. Sometimes that means giving your testimony. Sometimes that means witnessing and sharing the gospel. Maybe it is teaching a Sunday school class. Certainly it is teaching your own families and children. While you're doing all those things, running to and from practices and changing diapers, you're instilling the word of God into your children's heart. That's so important. And it's important to remember because not all of us still have children at home. Maybe some of us never did have children at home but we are all called to be spiritual mothers to others that are around us. There's a verse in Titus that says the older women ought to be teaching the younger women. And there's kind of this, I don't want to say fleshly, but we kind of say, well, I'm not really old enough to be an older woman. <laughs> right? Or, well, I'm really too old to be a younger woman. And so we kind of just slip between the cracks there and try to excuse ourselves. Could I just encourage you, all of us are older women to somebody, and all of us are younger women to somebody. There's only one person in your church that can get away with that, not using that excuse, right? There is only one very oldest woman. Um, but I imagine by the time she gets to that point, she has learned these lessons, and she is uh, learning from and teaching others as well. Okay, so... Let's go back to the incarnation. This is that the creator of the universe left his home. He was given an ordinary mortal human body in order that he might suffer, be totally emptied, and annihilated for the life of the world, and that we might welcome him into our hearts. This is Christmas, that Jesus was born to be at home with you. So it's important for us to remember the servant is not greater than his master. If Jesus was willing to sacrifice these things, we must also be willing. We are not our own. We really have no rights to our own plans or our own desires. 
but we are to surrender those to the Lord. And while the world around us speaks of self-care, self-love, self-worth, and we see endless selfie photos all over us, around us, the Christian is really called to be countercultural. Christ exemplified utter self-abandonment, and that's what we are called to. So I'm going to read one more uh, testimony that came to me on an email. Because of the situation, I am not at liberty to give you this lady's name or even the, the matter that she is writing about, but it's serious. It's heavy. She is going through a lot, and this is what she wrote. I was dreading entering Advent and the Christmas season without my husband, trying to ignore Christmas lights, snowmen, <clears throat> excuse me, snowmen and tinsel, until it dawned on me, I can be brilliant sometimes, that Christmas is not about snuggling with a loved one in front of a perfect fireplace, or having snow, or being home, or any of those things that the world wants us to focus on. Rather, Christmas is about Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. God is with my husband. God is with us and always filling our hearts with peace and joy, whatever the circumstances. I also recently realized that I wasn't fully believing that Jesus is enough for my husband. I was worrying about all the peripheral things for him and basically just saying Jesus is not enough. But he, my husband, is enjoying sweet and special fellowship with the Lord, and that's all he needs. And then her closing says, May Emmanuel, who sees your grief, your pain and losses, also fill your hearts with joy and peace in this Advent season. God became man. Not that I might have a magical holiday with all the trappings. Not that I might be wafted into the hallmark world of snow and beautiful Christmas lights and flannel-clad good-looking men, right? <laughs> No, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> That's not why he came. It's not that so that I could be freed from the limitations and struggles of my physical body and this physical earth that we live in. But it is so that I might be transformed into his image and I might become a better representation of him to the world. That is what incarnation is about. So just as Jesus, I must be what God is. I must do what God would do. I must say what God would say, and I must want what God would want. He laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for others. How can we celebrate Christmas at home, no matter where we find ourselves at this time of year? It's when we have Christ at home in us, and we are at home in him. Um, let's go ahead and pray, and then we'll be done. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for your goodness and your wonderful plan at Christmas time. Thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you for his willingness to um, surrender his will to your will, to make the sacrifice to leave heaven and his glory behind for a time so that he could live on this earth just as we do, and experience all the things we experience, and yet do it without sin. 
and then he willingly died on the cross in order to make payment for us so that we might know you and have the hope of eternity with you forever. What, what comfort and blessing and encouragement. So we just praise you for these things, God. Thank you for your good plan that far exceeds anything we could imagine. Um, and thank you for your word, which reveals these truths to us. And we pray that we would understand them, take them to heart. May your Holy Spirit illumine our, our spiritual understanding. Um, and I pray for the ladies here in this room, Lord, that you would make this Christmas season a truly meaningful one because of their relationship with you. Thank you for the time to be together in fellowship today. We pray for safety as the ladies head back home. And we just um, ask for your blessing on all that's said and done. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to the Think Bible Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Smith. Please visit us at our website, www thinkbible.online to learn more about our ministry or to take advantage of the resources we have there for you. That's www.thinkbible.online. You can also find us at Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter with the name Think Bible. Until next time, let's all think and live biblically for the glory of God.